Hello and welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast. My name is Graham and I'm joined today by Andrew, Shane and we've got Zach here from NS now as well on the pod. Um, I already know how the other two are so um, forget them. Zach, how are you doing mate and really uh, want to welcome you to the pod. Ah, thank you very much mate, it's good to be here. Um, yeah, all good. It's uh, It's been a crazy week and my head is chocker as it would be with Everton anyway but with everything else going on it's been there. Uh, it's been a good week and, uh, well, not a good week, depending on how you want to look at it, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's been, a, it's, it's been interesting. Let's say that it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to put out here too, um, that we haven't got Zach on duties, any form of unwanted Twitter fame or anything, you know, um, ultimately he, he has, whether he likes it or not, or wanted to be, or, or AMDB seems to be the voice of NS now. Um, and we wanted to ask him on purely just to give our listeners and just even if anyone wants to get hold of this pod and just listen to this bit and then bin the rest, I wouldn't blame you. Um, just some information around the coach welcoming, um, the attitude that the supporters that collectively we would like to have is obviously as fan groups, we're going to try and influence in a positive manner and in the best interests of the clubs and the fans, but then also about the sit-in protest that is going on afterwards. <clears throat> so, Zach, just, just for anyone who knows, I know the majority's been to the uh, the bus welcomes and, and, and things like that over there. And I'm, I'm just wondering, is it the same way it's going to uh, be set out as before? What time are people gathering? Obviously, weather, weather pending. I don't know what it's like in Liverpool, but in Ireland here at the minute, it's... It's been torrential rain, but um, yeah, yeah. What way is the bus coming? If you know, and what way the line, and and what attitude are we going for? Ultimately, it's supportive, right? Yeah, exactly. It was. Um, it's been interesting actually because from from starting NS now and and the rebrand that we did from the twenty seven campaign, um, it, we we focused massively on on this unity that we that we obviously all showed last year at the, with the bus weapons and dragging that team over the line and, and you know really being the, the force for not going down last year um, and we tried we, we wanted to harness that unity and bring it into the protest but what it's actually done which is brilliant because there's no way that even just one group can manage all this stuff it's so hard to like we've got the protests we've got the bus welcomes there's there's all these things going on so it's been great that the unity has actually meant that people like yourselves having having podcasts on and talking about it i know um, you feel bullens obviously did a really good podcast with a few, with a few of the, yeah. the people involved brilliant, yeah. um that it, it's helped the fact that all the groups have come together has meant that there's been um everyone with strengths and being able to use their strengths to to push this on um so it's been the 1878 who obviously organized the the bus welcome last year who've pushed this yeah. this book around i think they put Unbelievable a call out for them as well outstanding very good um they put a poll out i think to ask what you know was everyone up for it did anyone want to do it did we not because i think there's a lot of people probably more so than last year that's a bit split on just not being up for it. And I understand that it's, it's t- you know, we were all promised, we all heard it all last year and all the open thing, all the open letters that we got in the summer and stuff, you know, we know there's been problems. We're going to change. This won't happen again. Um, and, yeah. you know, we're all back here at what, less than probably six months after those letters with the exact same issues. We'd have been in, you know, in the mire a lot earlier, if not for the nice break that we had for the World Cup. Um, yeah. So I think, 
it's been it's been good to have the groups aligned and use the strengths of everyone to hopefully push this. Look, we need to, we know as fans now, again, unfortunately, we're going to have to be ones that really try and make a difference to this team again. Um, we always do, let's be honest, Ever, Evertonians, we might, you know, a lot of people might call us moaners and all this sort of stuff, but what we do definitely is get to the game and support those lads. And I think I said it on, on Toffee TV, you know, it's, we'll be there 100% from minute one. It's hard when you go 4-0 down to Brighton to then still be, excited and wanted to support them and yeah. push them forward but yeah. you know up until that point even I mean even at 2-0 down there was no I remember you know stood in the Gladys and there was no um, there was a lot of still people trying to get behind the lads at 2-0 I think at 3-0 and obviously it was a very quick 3-0 4-0 so yeah, yeah. that didn't help but um, I think Everton is, as, as a whole will always get behind the team and that's what we're trying to to push with all of what we're doing is we, we don't want to affect the team with this at all. We the, the, At the end of the day, it's not like we can go and sack every player and buy 23 new ones and, and it just yeah. be better. So we understand yeah. that these lads, are, these are the lads that are going to represent us. Might be a couple of incomings, a couple of outgoings, but in general, these are the lads, we've got to get behind them and we will and that's, that's what we're trying to do. And I think that's why we also chose to do a sit-in after the game to hopefully yeah. not affect the performance on the day. We understand how valuable those three points will be. Yeah. Um, actually, just on the details, because well, I realised I skipped over details. No, you're not your good man. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the route. I was just trying to pull it up, but I can't see it there. But I know everyone's gathering at about about one o'clock, um, from what I remember. And I, I, yeah, I don't know the route, but I know it'll be one o'clock. Everyone's gathering around, so get down there. Yeah, yeah. The the, the people attend. They they flock to it. I know. I just just follow the blue the blue smoke. You know. <laughs> Just keep walking on there. Do you can't see like anything else? Like a call and signal to everyone. Yeah, but but you touched on a point there too, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this over to you, Shane. Um, just, just something Zach said there about you know what the fans have to do and, and how they had to. You know, obviously you've had you've had Liverpool having their archaic uh, bus welcomes where they destroy buses and everything, and they probably got an award for that too, and probably a few cash incentives because they they'd fall into a bag of thumbs and end out coming out sucking a tit realistically but what one thing is and, and zach says you know people people thinking about the fans and judging and wondering you know i, I said this before you you, you can't judge an, an, an evertonian until you've walked 100 miles in his shoes you really can't the shit that we take that is thrown at us it, it, it is phenomenal like again we'll touch on things later it's like things simon jordan brought up although he's someone i don't really mind um, because I think similar nature is quite argumentative, but logic. He he used a few examples that are actually are actually shameful because th- there's no comparison at all. But Sh- Shane, do you think that it's now this is nothing on the fans, nothing on the groups. I appreciate everything the fans and all do, but the fact that we as fans, obviously I'm not over this time, but I've been to Goodison many times, But and we always support the team, three and three, and I've never seen nothing but that in the stands, apart from a few angry screams, but the fact that we have to, in January, shitty weather, against Southampton, we have to pull out our special move. <laughs> Basically, we have to pull our last resort, our wild card, like, and I was saying this the other night in the pod, and it's just the more, I can feel myself getting quite warm now saying it, because it's, it, it, 
when I say it out loud, it really pisses me off, to be honest. We're having to pull our trump card in January against Southampton. They've a game in hand on us and we're three points ahead of them. You know, and everybody in the media and everything, they all seem to think that things are okay and we're, you know, we're being a bit dramatic. You know, it's it's it's... It's shocking. Like, me. what's your thoughts on that? I'm just going to stop myself here because I'm getting started. I'm sorry. No, it's like you say, having to pull that, that card out now in January, it doesn't look good on us anyway. I think it's more as well that they're expecting us to do it rather than it being on our own heads. And it's, you know, they're already asking for it now, asking for us to yeah. get behind the players and stuff. And like we'll speak about in a bit about it. Uh, in, in the uh, the phone call in on Talksport when when they kept bringing up about um you know getting behind the players is more important and stuff like that and it's like we already that's already a given it's it's what that's already standard, happens you know what I mean? yeah yeah and with the the sitting and um it's like the the saying about it is it is it productive or it was another word that they used and it's like well it's after the game it's not it's not going to affect the players but. I mean, back to what you said there, it's just, we'll always do it, but just the, just the fact that it's being expected of us to do it, especially this early, is is what's more frightening than anything. Yeah, and you think as well, like with, with the fan group, like 1878, the amount of work that that takes for them to do it and stuff, it's not fair on them to do it. And we are, we are so lucky that we have fans is passionate that, that will do that you know again it's all it's all well and good having a bus welcome when you when you're challenging to win a win a league you know or or, or you're challenging in europe or something you know, something to be excited about again as everton we're having to do the reverse effect on that so andrew i'm gonna come to you just 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 sort of the same question because that's the thing that's burning and in, in my head and you like you've listened to me in private, you've listened to me when we're gaming and everything, just how it eats and eats and eats away at me. Again, it's not fair in the supporters groups. It's not fair. Well, never mind the supporters groups. It's not it's not fair in the fans as a whole. Let, let's let's not try and bracket anyone because we're on it all together. So I apologize for actually making it statement that way because you might not find it, but I, I find it that worded wrong there. But again, how are you feeling? It's just even as a fan like myself, an international fan. Like, and you're standing on the outside watching and you can't do nothing. It's frustrating, isn't it? And I don't think people realize that either. Oh, yeah, no, it's infuriating. And the fans are taken for granted, especially the UA fans. Like, we, there is no reason for us to travel as well as we do. Absolutely none. Teams that get beat 4-1 shouldn't send 10,000 people to fucking Old Trafford. That shouldn't happen. That And the club relies on that and takes it as a given. And that's completely... Yeah abusive and dysfunctional no 110% like the, the way sport even I think I think I I turned to the dark side basically just after the two Bournemouth defeats I just there was no coming back for me I stated that then but sorry Zach j- just to come back to you just a wee thing we forgot to touch on before we move on to the open letter but um, just in, in regards to the protest um, that's happening after the game I don't even think it needs to be touched on. The fans will support the, all the players. I'm just going to name a couple, but maybe they won't, but they will. Um, <laughs> but in in regards to the pro- pr- protest, what are you looking for? Is there any key points that you want to 
uh, state on that and how long is it going to be? Uh, yeah, so just essentially from, from the end of the game, obviously it's hard to put a time on that because we don't know how many minutes. It all depends on whether we're winning or losing, doesn't it? If we're winning, I'm sure the minutes will be uh, 210 left or something stupid like that. Or, <laughs> uh, and if we're, lo- if we're losing, I'm sure there'll be one minute of added time and it'll blow up after 33 seconds. So it's um, it all way. depends. The, the start time will be essentially from, from the end of the game. Um, and then, we, you know, we've put out, I think we've put out around about half five Um would be roughly when it had end. I think that's roughly when I know a couple of other the lads have been speaking through the fans forum to the stewards and stuff. So um and just on that note as well, as far as I've been told, um the stewards have been told they're not, you know, not to take banners off anyone. I think Mashiri spoke about it today in that awful, awful interview. But he did say, you know, it's a democratic right to protest and stuff. And I, I think as far as I know, they've been told not to take any banners off anyone or, you know, stop anyone from, from voicing their opinions, basically. Um, obviously, we're looking for it to be... It's hard because we, we want to use the word peaceful because obviously no one wants any trouble, but we also want it to be loud. So peaceful and noisy at the same time. Um, you know, no one wants any trouble and no one wants, you know... The end of the day there's going to be people who leave there's people who tweeted me and said look i would love to stay but i've got x y and z on or people have tweeted me and said this is stupid why are you doing it like completely fine and everyone everyone experiences everything in their own way as much as it's this universal group that we all with this team that we all love everyone experiences it their own way and everyone wants to react in their own way and some people won't see it the same some people won't, just won't want to do it nobody deserves any hate for that and nobody needs to be shouted out or anything like that equally people leaving don't need to be shouting the other way either everyone can just if ever you know this whole thing of unity if everyone can even if you're not supporting it or whatever everyone is just wanting evidence to be better whether you're yeah, not supporting, appreciate, or supporting it appreciate that someone wants better yeah basically exactly that that's the thing um and i think yeah as far as i know we're gonna have banners in every single stadium again every single stand sorry again Brilliant. organized by uh 1878 and uh chris top for some people might know him as on twitter uh, who's done an outstanding job um yeah. and i know others are, you know other groups as well have also raised some money and got some banners which is brilliant as well um and i think the money raising that i saw the other day i think it was five five six grand which is just yeah. mental in, in times like this as well I mean it shows people's love and passion for the club that you know yeah. people are willing to part with some money in these times now that just to try and try and make some change um, so yeah we should have we should have banners across the, across the stadium we're hoping people will stay in each stand that we know we're not saying this is just a lower Gladys or upper Gladys or anywhere stay wherever you are in the ground feel free to stay uh, and as I say the stewards have been told not to move anyone on too quickly or try and cause any trouble or take the banners off them or anything, which I'm sure they wouldn't anyway. So, um, well, well, I, yeah. w- I wouldn't want that job, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> just just Definitely. quickly as well, just on the point yeah. on the, the of route of the bus thing, I just saw it then. So the 1878, again, if anyone wants to see this themselves at the 1878, yeah, 100%. on the end, um, on Twitter, they've put out the, the route is Walton Lane, past the club shop, and the hot walk and then down Goodison Road. So that's where the bus will be coming. Um yeah, <laughs> about one PM. Yeah, and the in the best way possible, make it horrible. Um yeah. I just it still blows my mind. even in all this while giving off, like I've booked again now to get over for Villa and I'm just thinking 
gone of a protest that day as well. <laughs> Dying to get involved. It's the Irish side of me, you know, but sure, what can you do? But we'll move on anyway. Um, it's, it's not moving on to anything better. So Farad Mashiri, uh, as of yesterday, released a club sta- uh, a club statement to the Everton fans forum. So I'm, I'm going to read it out here and, and we'll break it into paragraphs. And if anyone has any, anything to touch on uh, after a paragraph, just just feel free to go on it, okay? Um, so dear Everton fans forum, thank you for your letter and also more importantly for everything you do for the club. So they're already acknowledging that we save them time and time again. As the majority shareholder and proud custodian of Everton, I have the utmost respect for the support of Evertonians. I am also fully aware and understand the concerns that fans may have. Okay, so it sounds like, it starts off, sounds like he's pretty much on board, doesn't it? Yeah. So I hope through my two open letters to the fans in the last 12 months that I have provided clarity on my position. Uh, commitment and the direction of the club. I trust that you also agree that the club operates a well-structured and ongoing dialogue with not only the forum, but also the fan advisory board, the supporters clubs committees, and the many other fan groups that form the most robust fan communication network of any club in the Premier League. Right, so in the last 12 months, he has provided clarity on, on his position. All he, all he does is mention the stadium for me um, and the commitment and the direction of the club. What, anyone want to jump in on that? Because I, th- I feel he's very vague in that sense. I think Farhad's general business strategy for the direction of Everton is the same as the underpants gnomes from South Park. Uh, <laughs> underpants, question mark, profit. It's stadium, question mark, profit. Yeah. It's he's in it for the stadium, isn't he? Basically, and there's no no denying that. So, in almost seven years since my arrival at the club, I have significantly increased my investment, and our new stadium has become reality. Can't argue there. We regularly review our our performance and initiate change where we feel the club falls short of standard. This has meant that we have seen turnovers in managers, directors of football, and several board members but always as we have striven to achieve success. Whilst in, in virtually every instance, change has been supported and encouraged by fans, stability must be the key progression. Right, that's where it starts turning a bit sour for me, to be absolutely honest. We regularly review our performance and initiate change where we feel that the club falls short of standard. Right, so the uh, the basically the, the club review, they did the... Uh, you know, they brought on Tim Cahill and stuff and said that they, they had a 120-point plan to move Everton to the next level. And as, I don't know about you, Zach, but as a podcast, I wouldn't say we gobbled it up, but we we were like, right, okay, there's 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 potentially vision. They've looked at what's wrong. They're going to make it right. But it's, it's just gone bad, hasn't it? Really, it's just gotten badly worse. Yeah, I think this is where you probably have to sort of split the the footballing side and the, the commercial business side yeah. of, of it and say the, the the decisions they've made on the football side, obviously over the years haven't been great, but we've got a new director of football. He's got to be given a little bit of time and, and this is where the 120 point plan comes in. I said it on Toffee TV that he's worrying that a Premier League club had 120 points that needed working on. Thank like you. It's, yeah. it's, it does baffle me, but 
you know, find maybe the very intricate points that, that cover things over the top. So, um, yeah, he, he needs time to deliver that. And, and you know, we'll, we'll judge that as it goes and we can see. I think if you then take that into the commercial side of it, the fact that, and I know people keep saying it, and, and you know, everything I'm saying, other people have said a hundred times are probably better than I will. But he, um, the, the business as a whole, we've, we've been unable to sign players because of how how badly we've run. We've not improved our commercial performance to be able to, you know, that's, you know, when people talk about we've wasted all this money, we have like, <laughs> wasted a lot of money on a lot of awful players. But if we'd been improving all our commercial structures at, at the same rate, we wouldn't be as badly off as we are right now. But because we've, we've our commercial performance has been awful. It has been for years, you know. I saw that map, I don't know if you saw it, of, um, I don't even know how real it is, but I saw it. It was on Twitter, so we're going to say it was real. Um, <laughs> there was a map of the United States and it had every state and their favourite club, most watched club. I can't remember how it was put. One of them was Hull City, which is just crazy. I don't know what the the who from Hull City, who's watching Hull City, I don't know. But Everton wasn't on any of them. <laughs> um, Everton wasn't on, on any of them. And it broke my heart a little bit to think that we had their two, probably two of the, the most famous American players in um, London Donovan and, and Tim Howard playing at the club for such a long time and never never made any strides in 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 pushing ourselves over in, in the continent. And it just baffles me that, you know, he can say all this and, you know, oh, we, we we always try and, and what does he say, initiate change where we feel the club falls short of standard. But yeah, there's no evidence of that. I think it's been said many times. You can say all these things, but there's no evidence to back it up. And, there's you know, you're not, there's no proof of it. Just because you say it doesn't mean that you actually do. No, well, well in terms of trying to bring in finance, like, like that's on, on the commercial deals, it's bullshit. He brought on his best mate, Alex Urizmanov, who apparently owns, secretly owned the club. But um, whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter anymore. But ultimately, when he when he left, it all went. Megaphone, uh, you know, all USM. It's it's all gone. Massive, massive revenues going out. So he, they can't talk about their commercial deals and their commercial successes. Which, which they have done in the past. It might not be mentioned mentioned here in that detail, but, you know, they're, they're full of shit. Ultimately, you don't have to be on the boards. You don't have to have fired Mashiri or you don't, Mashiri's back and you don't have to be on Sky Sports News or, or Talk Shit or any of those other platforms. They stand and say, oh, no, but I know better because they have tried to do this, that, and the other. You could be a fellow that can't even name 11, 11 players in the pitch uh, on a stand at the club he's supporting still no. That that's idiotic, because your eggs are all in one basket. And we didn't expect the basket; they blow up. You know what I mean? Literally, and go end up at war. But um, not him, but he's affiliated, and he's, he's all the sanctions. But but you know, it's it, it's just scandalous. It's absolutely scandalous. They have all your sponsors, you know, basically in that one slice of the pie. And when that goes, it's <laughs> you're just left looking around you. You know what I mean? Um, Shane, have you anything to start on? You, you enjoy a good rant like me if you want to get on the one on fire machinery. I haven't even finished this letter to you. It's the best about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said there as well about like in terms of like making money and stuff. One thing that I had in my head was how far down the youth systems fell. We've brought back That's Broadhead weird. and we've sold, we've brought back Broadhead from a loan just to make one and a half million supposedly off them. 
Um, and then, you know, the the last the last lads we've had from there is Gordon, which apparently the sixty million pound bid wasn't even real, so we don't know how much he's worth now. Um, so it's like we've got nothing coming out of there neither, like the way we had the likes of like Wayne Rooney that we sold, and you know the players like Rodwell and stuff like that, like just or the younger players that, and we just um, but it's just fell right through, and the only one we've got now is Tom Cannon, who's gone out on loan. Yeah, which is the right choice, in my opinion. But yeah, the, yeah, the broadhead, yeah, the broadhead stuff is absolutely horrendous. Um, and again, the only the only thing that's came out of whether the club leaked that or if it was just made up by a journalist or anything, but the only thing that's came out of the Gordon link scenario, transfer scenario, saga thing is that it is now a stick to beat us with. And um, when anyone's making a statement about the club, their finances or anything, they just say, "Oh well, you should have sold them." It's yeah. also added, uh, basically, in a second season of of senior professional football for Anthony Gordon like where he where he might have had a bit of weight on his shoulders it's it's like he's playing now wearing chainmail it's it's a massive massive stress and pressure he put on him again so again that even we intricate things like that as failures by the club you know that it was still it was still there was still there sound bites that were that were telling this stuff surely if they that communication should be two ways so I'll just uh, I'll use Paul Joyce as an example. Um, come at me, Paul Joyce. But ultimately, <laughs> if uh, if you leak, you know, so if the club's giving you information, they raise your your profile and everything. Surely, there should be a mutual respect that this might not be good to put out in respect to the club. I understand, like if you're a journalist and you have to put that out, but you know, you would just you would contact the club. You usually see it in movies and stuff. I know this or this is something that I'm putting it out in 24 hours. Why not just say, is this no? Is this true? Because it could be damaging. No, that there's no fact at all in that. Well, I'm not even going to entertain it, so it won't come for me. You know, you just constantly feel like that. Andrew, do you not just feel like there's constant just bullshit seeping out of the club in, in, terms, in terms of these uh, commercial deals where Mashiri is talking about? Yeah, because it, except for the stake deal, uh, it's pretty ambiguous. Um, you know, it's record breaking. That was what we got from the state deal. I, did we ever get like the full figure on that, Zach? You know, for what the state deal was worth over the course of the contract. Yeah, I don't know I think the final it, figure. I'm, I'll be honest. I think it was ten million a season for the stake. Okay. But okay. even against that, they had to go against their own ethos, their own business ethos to. That's what I was just achieve say. that, so you're yeah. still not achieving what you set out to do, right? And the, you know? even before that, you know, we lost Kazoo because we became less valuable to them as a thing to put their sticker on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's fucking tragic, that? but yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Just, well, I'll get I'll get back to this. Sorry, Shane, you going to jump on there? I was just going to say it was only a couple of scenes ago we had Angry Birds on the sleeve, so. <laughs> Big red. No, no sleeve. Yeah. No, the no sleeve because they didn't want to undervalue themselves, even though realistically they're all worth like one, two million just for a season. I mean, who, the, who, was that, who was asking them then? Must, must have been. Was, it was maybe John with us asking for the Everton Army podcast if they were being thrown buttons. You know what I mean? No, it's shocking. And back to that Angry Birds thing, I'm still not over the Cenk Tosin bird, the the Theo Walcott bird, 
They just look terrible. I'm pretty sure I tried to play it with my kids too, and I think they're still scarred. That's probably why they still have nightmares. And thirdly, big red is a blue. How commercially fucking thick do you have to be? Do you know what I mean? There's stuff, ah. well, there's stuff like um, like look at look at Forest. They started the season without a shirt sponsor. Everyone was like, "What's going on?" And then it was like, "Well, no, it's a clever idea because halfway through the season, they're going to put one on there, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh my god, look at this new sponsor they've got on the shirt!" And then like it just attracts more attention, more money and stuff. So it's like you you can't even think or fathom of our board even doing anything that's like on that level, like. And yeah. it's not even that like clever of an idea sort of thing, but yeah. <laughs> no, they're, all, they're all valid <laughs> points there, Shane, but I just can't wait to hear everyone collectively go, oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, well, back, to the, back to the letter. <laughs> like, what, what year is it that you're thinking like Angry Birds? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally when it was on its decline, on its death. Yeah. It was, it was on its arse whenever we got it to. It's the best about it. Um, so the last two paragraphs, I'll bang these out here because we've just gone off in tangents each time. So I have faith in the work being done not only by our manager, but our director of football and our board of directors. Jesus Christ. That faith is based on my knowledge of the depth and quality of work being done both at Finch Farm, because I don't know what they're doing because they're not learning how to play football, and the Royal Labour Building, okay, and of the plan that is in place. I am confident that we have skilled, experienced and focused professionals at all levels of the club. We are all agreed that our current league position must and will improve. Seven ones, five draws. Good luck with that. I welcome the plans for the Fan Advisory Board to host a series of sessions with fans to gather feedback, thoughts and concerns of which the forum is part of. I can confirm representatives from the club's board will engage with the with the fans um, advisory board and meet with its designated representatives to discuss the collated fan feedback as soon as possible following the, the completion of the scheduled sessions. The focus of myself, the club and the fans is aligned. A better Everton, that's true. And I am uh, confident we can move forward in a constructive, positive manner. So... Maybe himself, a better Everton to line his pockets. The club, in regards to the team and the coaching staff, yes. And uh, that's about it. And and director of football, because I think Felwells could be a casualty of war on this, and ultimately the fans. So just um, if anyone wants to go first and touch on that, just how they feel about that last bit as a whole. Um, he thinks they're on track. That blows my mind. I would literally just like to show him the table if he could just just look because he probably hasn't even looked. Look at the table yeah. and then and 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 the the accounts that are probably about to be released that he even look at and just look at those two things and go, yeah, this is a successful football club business because <laughs> you just if he caught if he did that he's more deluded than I could even begin to think. There is no way that you could look at both of those things and say, yes, we're on track. And if he come out and said. I know we've not been on track, but this work that we're doing and blah, 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 we're doing this and this is the plan and da, 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 and there was some meat on the bones, then he, I mean, I would still not be completely trusting of it, but you could then argue his case a little bit more and you could say, right, well, that makes a little bit more sense. But when you just come out and say, I have faith in the work because of my knowledge on the depth of quality and work, blah, 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 there's no, 
you've shown time and time again with these letters that we can't, you told us six months ago, we will never be in this position again. Well, we're tirelessly not to be in this position again. And we're in this position again. We can't trust a word that you say. There's no trust in it whatsoever. So if you're going to say anything, there needs to be something to back it up. Just point to anything. I spoke on Toffee TV about hope. All football, everyone just wants to have hope. Every season, you want to hope that you win the league and win the cup and win this. Or, you know, right now we're just hoping that we stay up. It's all hope. And they're not giving any hope whatsoever. It's just the same old corporate speech. And it's insulting to fans to say that they think that this will just come out and look, we'll just tell them it's fine and it'll all blow over. They're not going to be bothered. They're just they're just football fans. They don't care. They just they just care about the football. And and look, and if you can hear them talking about it. A couple of wins, don't you worry. A couple of wins, we're, move us away from that bottom of the league and they'll, they'll all stop. It doesn't matter. It's all just about, and, and it's not the case we can't carry on in this terminal decline that we've been on for the past, I mean, I'm 28, I've said that I'm 29 next week and it's just, I'm at 29 on the, the 14th on the game this weekend. And, um, <laughs> and um, it, it's been nothing, like from, from the beginning to, of my football, <laughs> my football in love of Everton to now has been nothing but decline, and I'm not having any of this good times nonsense that has been brought out. You know, yeah. you can get sucked up in. Yeah, it was great when you know we were top of the league under Carlo for a little bit, and and we all had spirit of the Blues playing, and it was brilliant. But we finished tenth, like we went from top of the league to tenth, yeah. yeah. and. Uh, it's just, there's all these wonderful like things that you can point to, but there's always something that mars it completely and makes it not as good as as Bill would like you to believe, or anyone at the club would like you to believe it was. Um, and I, yeah, it usually. No, I, I hear you. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going off. <laughs> it's just no, no. It mars me up that it feels so insulting to to just talk to fans and we've said this but it's not just an everything thing we said this about football in general the way they treat fans as though they're just just common not going to understand anything anyway just feed them a load yeah. of stuff and they'll, yeah. they'll go away and be quiet like no, of course they're having good time about this people, exactly. board, yeah. people dedicate their lives to this there's people who go home and away day in day out we will travel everywhere especially like we've touched on before our away support travel everywhere anytime any day of the week they will be there and we're treated as though we're just doesn't really matter. They'll get yeah. over it, put a couple yeah. of wins. And the other last little bit that I'm gonna to touch on just before I stop ranting is the the tiny bit at the beginning where he says, I have faith in the way of being done not only by our manager. He's they've been reluctant to even talk about Frank and his future for the past few weeks. After even go back to the Bournemouth games, nobody yeah. wanted to come out and say this is definitive, he's staying for the season or anything like that. And I get you can't always say that because football's an ever-changing thing. But to just sneak in this little bit, which feels like you're only going to have to retract that in about two weeks. If we lose the next two games or so, is he really going to survive? I mean, I don't even know how I feel anymore about Frank and the management because it, one hand, you just feel like nothing will change anyway. Who's going to get anything out of the players? And the other hand, you think we need someone to get something out of the players. So which way do you go? But it feels like if we lose a few games, he's gone and then he's going to look stupid again for saying, yeah. I have faith in the manager when he's going to retract that in a week or two yeah and, and you touched right on the thing i was going to say there too like uh, i was going to bring andrew in andrew just i was going to actually say to you because i know that you'll speak elegantly on this but the, the i have faith in the work being done not only by our manager but our board of direct our 
our sorry our director of football and the board of directors like what went through your head when you read that line that was that was one that shocked me yeah um I, i've said this several times in the past but i think farhad is the perfect customer for anybody in sales and i feel like bill might be a very compelling or charismatic salesman at least to farhad because all of this seems like when farhad says we're on track i feel like he's being told he's on track by the board who are getting paid the yes. most in the entire goddamn league so of course they're just going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off that's job one for them is keep doing the job keep paying me a lot of money to underachieve massively and yeah we're on track it's fine the stadium will come and that'll probably fix all our problems we don't know yeah what, does sharp do? what the fuck does sharp do Aside, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really like it looks like it looks like the only thing David Prentice has had to do was write this letter. To be absolutely honest with you, but another thing, Andrew, just I am confident that we have skilled, experienced, and focused prof uh, professionals at all levels of this club. The I fact know, I can say this: I have determined that Finch Farm is actually a boot camp for NHS first responders. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, there is the value being provided to the country in that. Way. Yeah, well, uh, with that new walls, Fazio, we'll, we'll not we'll not go there when we talk about helping. We'll be Shane, but Shane, just to, just again, just to bounce on you, um, because obviously Zach, Zach has to bounce on sooner. He's a very in-demand man. Hopefully, we can get a wee touch on Mashiri's talk sports thing. Um, but Shane, just in regards to everything that Andrew and Zach has spoken about, have you anything that you would add to it? Yeah, it's. I think the the word is a is accountability. There's just you don't take the lack of it. It's just to think that we're also so stupid that they can put out a, a statement like that. I thought I thought the letter was fake because on one of the first lines he spells <laughs> utmost wrong. There's a spelling mistake in the letter. There's no proofreading. It's a, a Keith Azul, a Keith Azul special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Well, all this going yeah. on. Okay, I yeah. was, I was, I, I think I was in work when I come out, and then I, I just seen like a load of messages and stuff, and I, and I read it, and I was like, "This is, a, is this a joke?" I was like, and like the way he signs it on the bottom as well. But anyway, yeah, it, it's, it's just, um, it's a, it's a, the, the rich people and they speak like politicians, and there's no accountability. Yeah, the right of touch. Yeah, so it's like it's blanket statements, no, no transparency, and it's like what Zach said. Like, if he just have like admitted at least some defeat or that he was wrong in some sense, then you can be like, okay, well maybe he has like realised and like we can step forward with it in terms of Mishiri himself. But it's just like, oh no, we're we're sticking with we're sticking with the man. He talks about consistency, but then he's the one that sacked the the eight managers but then oh, no, no, but said, no but we're going to touch on that next sir but yeah that was us he, that was us, us yeah. so it's yeah. like it's just what one thing after another isn't it i've got yeah. something real quick for everybody before zach has to bounce would you have rather that letter have not been sent like if nothing had been said hindsight's obviously 2020 but would we rather have nothing or um i'll go first quickly I think it's something that usually, like, if you've got an employer who doesn't maybe have a union, union in, and the uh, 
the colleagues, the staff there, and they want to bring it in, and then they get told no, and then they get told more bad news, more bad news. They're blindly adding coal to the fire, and then maybe just a tank of gasoline or something, you know, and they just unwittingly doing it. They just don't live in the same bubble as us, and that's not their fault. And you know, enjoy your riches and stuff, but you don't need to be rich or poor to see if something's going, if something's rotten at the core, if, if something's if something's really just deteriorating in front of your eyes they only see the nice cushy parts you know we see we see the raw it's nearly like militaristic we're on the front line they're way at the back eating prawn sandwiches having steak dinners saying oh, what do you mean what do you mean we lost that left flank send 500 men there and take it down oh but it's tanks and artillery i said send you know and that sort of bit of a wild analogy but ultimately they're just directing they're playing risk we're living it we're in the front line and Again, but uh, fucking hit this club. But um, Zach, just just before I know you have to go, you're a very busy man. You big Twitter celebrity, you. But I'm just going to touch on the Sherry and Jim. Okay, I'm only joking, mate. I'm taking the piss. But um, I just want to get your thoughts thoughts briefly. So, Brad Mashiri was on uh, talk shit this morning with uh, Jim White and Simon Jordan. Yeah, Simon Jordan. And uh, well, Alan Myers has leaked it. Mashiri has gone on without the club's without the club's knowledge. Um, thank you, Alan, because again, that's adding more fuel to the fire, but it, it helps us and it stokes our fire to, to push on and, and get this shite out of our club. But like basically he's come on there and he spouted that he's put his money where his mouth is. You know, you know, as in like uh you know, it's, it's nearly like a partnership, but I did this and I've done that and that and that excuses any any anything wrong that I've done, you know, he's He's, again, he's talked about that some, if not most of all these decisions have been pushed by the fans, not him initially. You know what I mean? You know, and even though he says he, he, he accepts protests, you know, and it's, it's everybody's democratic right, which is one of the few things that he did say say that was decent, but he, 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 <laughs> he just reiterated his backing for the board. I'm, I'm getting fuming, I can't speak. You know, he says that they're experienced dedicated and local oh well cheers hey so so am i so can i get on the board <laughs> yeah 100 i just want the money you know but basically he says that they attend every game you know that's your fucking job you run the club and then at the end of the week you go and you look at how good a job you're doing fucking dime bars you know things like that and you know he thinks that it's important that you know people with roots and in, in, in liverpool should be instilled in the club you know I'm sorry, it's not the 70s or 80s anymore. You know, the world has changed. The world is miniature. Andrew, you look like you want to jump on there. That, that to me, just reeks of Bill. Just yeah, yeah, through yes. him. That's like Bill said, it's really important that we all be local. Yeah, look yeah, look, look at Liverpool. Look, look, look how bad they're doing. Fuck off, you have a goat. But, you know, like, he's talking about having them roots. The fucking roots are rotten. You could... You know, Augusta One, if, if this club is a tree, Augusta One would blow it over. There is no stability. There is no, there's nothing in there. So just basically on the majority of that, and, and we'll come to the S, but sadly you'll have to move on, Zach. Um, but Zach, Zach, how did you feel about that? I couldn't believe it. I woke up today. I got a lion. It was great. And I woke up and I just looked at my phone. about a hundred odd messages from these guys. And I was just like, oh, fuck's sake. Here we go. Did you have that same feeling when you heard it? Yeah, I was I was driving and I never talk, listened to Talksport whatsoever. It's, it's awful radio. But um, 
obviously I'd, I'd heard someone give me a call and said he was going to be on, so I shoved it on and I had to pull over and start tweeting as well, but we felt it because it was just, it just blew my mind. I mean, it's, even just the first point, I think they played before, they played a little pre-recording before playing the actual thing where he said, I put, I've put my money where my mouth is. And it's like, I think I, I tweeted and said, like, it just, it was just like, a, what more do you want? I've, I've given you money. What more do you want? We want a club that we can identify with and that actually runs like a functioning football club. I don't care if we, I'd rather we had no money and and worked yeah. as a football club. We did all right with no money before. Yeah, and, and that, bad, I'm sorry. I mean, can I just go back to you? Just do you not feel that that I put my money where my mouth is is the most is in the most politest fashion? Get back in your fucking lane. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like we said before, it's this it's the same disrespect and disdain that they have looking down from where they are at us saying they're just football fans. What do they know? You can hear them saying yeah. it like not none of them could do this and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, um, you know, the majority of us couldn't, but I, I speak to lads at the game, I speak to lads on Twitter, I see women, lads, everyone. And for some reason, and it's been this way for a long time. A lot of them seem to have better ideas about how to run the club and players <laughs> than you seem to see from from these paid professionals that do this week in week out and should be, you know, you you would expect to be of the highest highest standard. And going back to the point of you know being local and stuff, it just I'm all for as as an Evertonian, I want that Evan Everton DNA to last, and I'm all for having someone on the board or wherever that is. Everton heritage manager or something that makes sure that we stay true to roots and all this sort of stuff. But we've also got to take off another romantic out of it and say, this is the Premier League. Now, this isn't just the way it was back, like you said, 30 years ago or whatever. This is a fully functioning, massive, multi-multi-billion pound yes. corporation and, and competition. And we treat it as though it's just Sunday League and we should all yeah. just be happy. You know, we're the... We're a popular Sunday League team, and we should all just enjoy that. Like it, I, I, oh yeah, it just blows my mind that anyone can be at the top of a of a sport like that and have those feelings or those that you know think that way. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Well, Zach, I, I appreciate that you, that you need to go. Thank you very much. I'm going to get these guys' opinions now. But, um, as I say, uh. What what's your Twitter handle again? It's yeah, it's Everton ZCK. Yeah, just missed the A out of that basically. <laughs> and uh, just and, and the NS now as well, and the information on the, yeah. on there too. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, uh, at, at NSNOW underscore uh, NSNO underscore W. Um, yes. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, all the information about protests and stuff can all be found on there, and I think we've retweeted the stuff from 1878 as well on the bus, the bus welcome and stuff. So we hope to see as many down there as you can. Um, bus welcome, and then afterwards for the sitting, let's hope we get three points. I know you're going to touch on, a, on the game and stuff, so praying for three points, and and then let's let's go from there. Yeah, what's your prediction too before you go? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one one the eleven. I'll say one the eleven, and, and I'll say uh, Gray because he's in a bit of form to get one probably somewhere in the sixtieth minute, and then it'll be a nervy last half hour. That's me being really really optimistic, <laughs> very realistic, too, in, 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 in a positive sense. And to be fair, I was just going to say one nil. Michael King comes on the last minute just to sure up a nil nil and scores a forty yard thunder bastard. 
that's the one. That's what we're praying for. <laughs> Right. Well, um, thank you very much, Jack. Honestly, we appreciate you coming on. And and as I say, we, we've only pulled you on, obviously, to get the information out. But you know, it's been great to speak to you. And you're more than welcome on any other time you want to get on and have a wee rant about Everton, mate. Definitely. I'll be back. And thanks for having me on. It's been, uh, it's Cheers, been mate, as enjoyable you. as it could be. See you soon. <laughs> Top man. All the best. So, Andrew, I'm going to come to you now in regards to Mishiri uh, Khan, his old mucker. And again, without... Not that he needs permission, but you don't do things like that without uh, speaking to the rest of the board, you know, especially a day information that doesn't really fit in line with a letter that you've released the day before, does it? Yeah, no. Um, the the lack of internal communication, like being on the same page, that's absurd. That's crazy that that can be a thing. For a Premier League club or a billionaire or a PR department yeah. to be like, what the fuck has he done now? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And and it's just a case of like it just adds to the fact that that's Mashiri's real thoughts. You know, it's not it's not the uh it's it's, it's not the well written sort like like just to say like that's yeah. stupid. I, I can't shake it off. And, and Zach was speaking to Zach about it there, but it's just the money where your mouth is and the decisions were driven by the fans and stuff. Why didn't they just put that in the fucking letter? Why not? You know what I mean? Because I already want to, want to print that out and use it as toilet paper to wipe my arse, to be honest, minus the badge. Because it's the only thing on that sheet that holds value. Would you agree there? Obviously, maybe not the wiping, but... Yeah, no, you do you. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was just crazy to me that he's got no handler with how bad he is at communicating when he chooses to yeah. or just not communicating at all. And when he says something, it's generally nothing like the letter. The letter was just four paragraphs of filler. And then this statement is just a childish puppeteering. It just, everything that he said on the talk sport show sounded like Bill with an Iranian accent. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just, just that was that little finger whisper in your ear. Yeah. And just, and then he, he just sort of, maybe that was the private conversation. And that was the, the one that involved David Prentice. And then Prentice left the room, the, the, the room, Jesus, God knows what they're at, the room. And uh, ultimately then that conversation was had. And then Jim White, the absolute whopper, he then just gets on the phone to Mishiri, catches him at a time when his guard is down. I'll give him that. Well, he's jamming out eye of the tiger, you know. It's the best time yeah. to call someone. No, it wasn't Eye of the Tiger. It was um, Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, that's ironic. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I heard it to you, I was going, what the hell is going on here? Like, but yeah, at least we know he's getting music. sacked. That's the yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to sack him. And then just in the background, Lampard <laughs> was getting handed his P45. But um, yeah, Shane, I'll point on to you here, pal. Um, again, J just in reference to that, um, like see as well, Mishiri, just just as well to, to touch back on, on that letter as well. Um, it's just something I've forgotten. I just spied my notes there on that letter and on that on that phone call to Jim White. Like we did a podcast a few episodes ago with the ask after the letter went out, and nothing from that letter, which was signed by multiple know Everton fan groups and and everybody showed the, their support and basically if you're if you're following or liking that page you basically I can only assume would want to be affiliated with it but they they did it 
on all our behalfs, and nothing was really answered from it, was it? He, he didn't. He did. He didn't answer anything at all. No, it's the it's the famous like I was saying before with the uh, politician. It's the famous like answering the question with the like with your own sort of like question itself. Yeah, and the stuff and like you say in the interview where he's saying stuff like um, put you I've put me money, you know where my mouth is and stuff like that, and it's just um, just shows as well that he he can do what he he can do what he wants. Or he, yeah. either that, either that, or he's just so easily persuaded with uh, with like Jim White. Say, come on, you you can get on, and then he's like, yeah, go on, I'll, I'll get on, yeah. And then it's like the same with the stuff like you're saying that it sounds like Bill Kenwright is probably like that's why it's him in his ear, and he's just listening to anything he says because yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound or look like he's got a clue what he's doing. No, it really doesn't. Like. And the, the comment that he made about the stadium cost, I, 760 is obviously much higher than we were told from the get-go. And that puts us in a weird position where it's one of two outcomes or two reasons. Either the original cost was vastly under, like, speculated, or that, you know, materials deal that Denise supposedly secured isn't quite accurate, or the labor cost went up or something, which is... I suppose the better of the two options maybe is, you know, with the economy, the way it is, things change. The other option is there's an old episode of Arrested Development where the character Joe played by Will Arnett keeps inflating the cost of his suit that he's wearing over the course of the episode. Like the further it goes, it, it jumps from like a $1,200 suit to like a $10,000 suit by the end. And it might just be Mashiri bigging himself up and like trying to fluff how much he's putting in to make himself sound better and more of a mm-hmm. martyr. Well, to be fair as well, he didn't, he doesn't sound relaxed in the interview. I think he sounded quite, not quite stressed, but I, I don't think he was, it was very, very comfortable. You know, I think maybe he should have been listening to the under pressure. Cause I think that might've been more apt, but you know, ultimately he, he just, he did, it did, it did. It didn't come across well. I will move on from it now because I want to move on to the ESC phone call as well with the same duo. But he did not sound comfortable. Um, he sounded irritated. Um, he does not want this. He's actively trying to sell the club, as we all know. Um, he doesn't want to be here. And it's it's to anybody buying the club, they can use fan on rest because they know once someone new comes in and they they I, I always talk about Newcastle of this perfect blueprint uh, for how not to do it from us you know whoever's buying the club they know then how to appease the fans they can just go out and say look we know this happened this and this is this is scandalous what we're going to do and as i said before we're just going to smile and, and probably well i think we'll be more defensive we're not idiots by any means and i think that's one of the major shocks that they've got but you know we will, as fans, being so passionate and wanting the best for a club, we'll get behind it again. So, I don't know. It just it, it just feels like he's, he's in borrowed time. Just everything's in borrowed time. And unfortunately, it feels like in the Premier League, the club's in borrowed time due to their negligence, in my my ultimate opinion. But we'll move on to the ask. As I say, he was on, a, he was on our podcast a few episodes ago. Um, if you're wondering what the letter from the NS now was all about, um, by all means, go back and listen to it. It was fantastic. Um, I'm not on it, so it's probably even better. But basically, the S came on this morning 
and straight away you could see Jim White, he was trying to contain himself, but I felt that he had a wee bit of he, he wanted to sort of go go at him. And he, he started off basically by defending you know, Mashiri. He didn't even come at him with facts or concerns. It was like, but Mashiri's building a stadium and he's put his money where his mouth is, you know, as uh, you know, are, are you are you not happy with this? And and you know, what's the problem? But to be fair to the ask, he retorted brilliantly, basically saying it's the most disturbing thing he's ever heard from a uh, Premier League chairman. Would he agree? That's one. That's one evaluation I would like to see if he would share. Because I didn't. I just thought it was. I was like, what the hell is this? But when he said when he tagged disturbing it, I was just like, that is the word that I was lost for. Um, Andrew, would you agree with that? Yeah, and a stadium unto itself is nothing. It doesn't guarantee survival. It doesn't guarantee success. It suggests more revenue, and most of that is probably going to come from non-footballing activities like concerts and stuff. So I don't think a, a stadium unto itself is this massive thing that's a game changer for the club. Yeah. No, ultimately, yeah, because then you're still dependent on investment. It's all about investment. Who's going to invest there? You know, the promoters are going to invest. They, they have all the concerts and whatever there, and the businesses, the quality of the food, all that's all that comes out there. But ultimately, as fans, we just need to look at the at the bold primary targets, concerns, and issues. We don't need – that's their job. That's why they're paid. We, we right. can point out what's maybe – Shit, not good. And we can, I know it's very easy to dissect what, what we say when we're, when we're saying this needs to be better, that needs to be better. Any of it can see that this can be done better. But yes, the, the fine, intricate details that's for you to figure out because you're fucking paid to do it. You know what I mean? That's your speciality. That's why you're in a job. You know, that's why you're in a collective of basically the second best paid board in the league. That's not our job. But if we can point out what needs to be better, you're not doing your job well. And, and that's ultimately it. But ultimately as well, you know, Mashiri stated that the fans weren't aligned with the interest of the club. And, and the, S, the S touched on that. And he, he said a brilliant line. He said, Mashiri's actions don't match his words. And again, I think that's that's one of the most powerful points that came out of that interview, regardless with how those guys uh, replied. Shane, Shane, do you feel that way? Obviously as well. Again, I, I'm coming to you with this question because... Obviously, you live there. Doesn't matter how many times I visit. You live there, and you, you, you breathe it every day. You breathe it and work. You know what I mean. You, you can't escape it. So you see that, but more and more. And ultimately, what he's saying in that letter and on that radio interview, you know, for the yes to say that too, it it just doesn't match, does it? No, because I mean, it's like we keep saying. He said that he's pumping money into the club and it's not being used correctly, and then he's falling back and onto the stadium and and like we always point out if if it's a loss or something bad happens at the club, it's always guaranteed tomorrow it'll be a stadium news. Um, so it's and it, I think where the ash used the word disturbing as well. I think it's because. I, it fits in in my opinion because how can someone be so oblivious or if they aren't being oblivious to it, how can you just be so like it it just baffles me how um it's 
a grown fella for the start, but then an owner of a football club to just be like, well, I've put money into the club, so now it's like, well, okay, if that if, if that's all you want to do, yeah, then I've got well, right people in there doing yeah. right. But by your logic, right. if you're if you're putting your money where your mouth is and you're not getting the results, look at who's doing it, right? Well, what's went wrong? Yeah. Okay. No, it's not the board. It's the fans. It's not the fans at all. The fans have been happy because you've constantly uh, sanctioned the wrong people going in, the wrong people on the board. And their actions have led to your losses because you don't give a fuck about the football. Let's face it. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. So ultimately, all he should be caring about, regardless of his billions and his wealth has dropped, by the way, too, um, by well over a billion. I think it might be two or something. He's dropped down to two billion. God love him. Maybe Bob Geldof will throw him a concert. Who knows? <laughs> but ultimately, you know, you're still seeing your money hemorrhage. So what the hell is going on? How do we finish here? You know. Camera must be amazing. I right? think you it's uh, it's it's an, another case of probably more money than sense. Uh, yeah, with him. Yeah, and it's. I think it's, it, there's an expression like he's doing the best he can with what he's got, but he's refusing to change what he's got. Yes, but that's yeah. the thing. You know, again, what do they have on him? What power do they? Do can they? Excuse me. Like how how are they able to just constantly pull the wool over his eyes? He's showing that he's he's not capable of running a football team. Even if he looks at himself, a strategic review, he needs to do one of himself, never mind the board. And that, that needs to have another one done. You know, because there's been no improvement. I don't care. They can just say, oh, it's only six months. doesn't matter what was going wrong. You had a month to get that right because, because it was going to be starting up again early. Ultimately, yeah. you had a month to get your eggs in their basket or your shit in order basically and they didn't we don't write the time scale you can deteriorate and destroy the club as much as you want that's fine because you did it whether we liked it or not you did it that's your prerogative but you know what don't make a promise to say you're going to fix it and then don't and then blame the fans well, you know so what I mean it's all uh, it's also backhanded as well because it's like where they're saying like they're, they're doing the job correctly and stuff. It's like, but then in the next breath he's saying like, oh, you know, we've had all these managers and we've sacked them because the fans wanted them gone. And it's but even even if we did want them gone, and regardless of the choices of the managers, why why if you were doing your job properly, would you be listening? Like in a sense, of eight times or seven times sacking managers. And yeah. but then you're blaming the fans for that. But if you were doing your job correctly, we wouldn't have had that many managers in the first place. And then he's yeah. asking for stability and using that as a thing for to back Lampard. And listen, I I, I want to back him, and you know we we spoke about it in length before. But you can't talk about stability after sacking that many managers, and then in the next breath blaming us as well. Yeah, and this is the thing too. As football fans, we have the right to be fickle. We can be. We can change our mind. That's that's the beauty of, of all the things in the world. The absolute most beautiful point is that in football, we can change our mind on a player, on a situation or anything. That's afforded the sports fans, football fans, whatever. But you know what? At their level, they can't. Constant failures. You know, And, and it is. And how you don't see that and how you're blind to that is, is beyond me. It just... I don't know. I'm, 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 a, I'm a complete ends with like, but um, and, and it doesn't help us. It, sorry, it doesn't help us. Oh, well, you're fine. Like, the the uh, the rich look after the rich in terms of like you say, like with Jim White, he's 
the way he was like trying to grill the ex, and I want to say as well, like the ex, like he put up a really good argument, like st- like sticking up for himself when he had the both of them going. Um, mm-hmm. he done he done well with the whole thing. I have to say, and but it's just like you say, where he was going, I'm going. Did you get the stadium? Uh, like yeah. you know what I mean, well, and stuff like that, and it's. Yeah, that's a very that's, let them eat cake moment. Yeah, yeah. it's like, and, and there was times as well in, in if you watch the video form of it as well, where like the will say something and Jim White's like looking off to the side and he's smiling as if to, and it's the, the same as like when Talksports yeah. they put a question out and they have like these like clickbait angry fans calling in, and it's like they sat there all like like all like classroom like yeah. mates like all oh, look at this like divvy sort of thing, but. The Ask Elder Zone. And Are you trying to say Jamie O'Hara isn't isn't a reputable radio presenter? <laughs> I'm joking. He's an absolute plonker. But Andrew, a, a thing to you that we were chatting about too when we were discussing it was, uh, you know, I now Simon Jordan did come back. Obviously, he was chairman of uh, Crystal Palace. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's he's a money man. He's, he gains it. He loses it. No idea sort of stuff. But but we were talking, and you were saying the examples of like Arsenal, Man United. Uh, Man City, you know, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, and he's saying how they're similar. They've all had similar financial issues, but they they already had a core. You know, they might have had financial restraints, but they didn't have the core issues that we have. They had a more stable position, but ultimately, as well, they're for me, they're they're really poor examples because the prime example, and obviously the ask was was on a battle. I'm, and also, I don't know if he thinks like me, but you know. You could you could have you could have just had that retort where you say, well, hold on a minute. So we'll look at Newcastle, bottom of the league, last uh, last uh, last January. They're now sitting fighting for the Champions League. You know what I mean? And when their new owners yeah. came in, it doesn't matter if they're not Saudi backed. They've done smart, decent business, and they completely cleaned that board and club and brought on their own people. They didn't bring yeah. in a pile of Geordies, God help them. But ultimately, what they did do is they brought in. Football people and built a whole structure. They got a director of football in Dan Ashworth and they let him do the job he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. ultimately, look at that success. Don't give me that bullshit, Miss Sherry or Kenwright or anyone else at that fucking club and tell me that it can't be done in a year. Because you know what? You can make, you can turn something around. Doesn't matter the, how bad the starting position is. Because you know what? You can't say you can't go. Now, I know he's one on a million, but you can't say you can't find a player who doesn't cost 20 million to get you goals or they, or they uh, dominate a midfield or they be rock solid in defence. Because Seamus Coleman is a prime example. I don't care how long ago it was, 60 grand. So, no harm. If you get the right scouts in place, that can happen. And on another note, too, just see when Farah Mashiri come into this club, the scout who um, found Seamus Coleman doesn't love that far. For me, a guy in work knows him and he was telling me he's very good friends with Seamus Coleman's brother too. And he was able to say as well that um, all the scouts in Ireland or the majority of the scouts in Ireland were just cut off and sacked by Everton whenever Mashiri came in. So there was the start of your reign there because you know what? There's young Ferguson at Brighton. That's been eating in my head since. I'm not saying we would have got him. I'm just saying what's they say that, you know, he, he might have been scouted by Everton. Do you know what I'm saying? Big number nine, Ferguson. Yeah. Even if it came in, that didn't work. But, but even at that, going back, Newcastle is surely a better example than comparing us with having financial constraints against the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Steady, and United. Would you agree there? I would. Um, I think their 
incredible turnaround is lightning in a bottle. And I think that's because of the astonishing wealth that's involved. They can just say carte blanche, like everyone's fucking fired. These are the people we want. Now, the people that they chose, that was where they did shrewd business. But they were able to do all of the moves that they could because they have more money than God. Farhad and even Usmanov were very wealthy, but not anywhere near the same universe as what Piff has. Um, yeah. Or what Abu Dhabi has, you know, with City and all that. United and Arsenal is different because they were always going to live on the prestige and like the dynasties that they created in the early 2000s. Exactly. Completely different story. Everton fucked the thing up in the early 90s by not making the most of the Premier League's creation. That was the start of everything. Had they yeah. maintained anything that they had good from the 80s, we'd be fine right now. We would be in a Spursy type of position. Even just the club's standards? Right. So yeah. that's where I'm at. I don't think Newcastle's is repeatable unless you get another nation state sovereign wealth kind of thing. But I think a more apt example is like what Brighton, what Palace are trying to do, what uh, Brentford have been doing a little bit, what Leeds are kind of doing a little bit. These are clubs without crazy wealth behind them that are finding bargains and making good sales. Yeah. That is what I aspire to aside from a moonshot, you know, oligarch. Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing I would say in that, and it's purely devil's advocate um, is that ultimately they've, and don't get me wrong, no disrespect to the championship. We're about to go on date, so I know it's very competitive. But, um, <laughs> but you know, they, they have that that base there where they could set sort of mid-table and build, or, or even League One, and build a structure to go forward. But even after that, and then see the fruits of it when they come up here now, you know, when it's when it's came to fruition that it's just, it just explodes you know, you imagine a flyer blooming. You know, there's they have this great big, great big flyer patch, and we're just sitting with a weed. You know, just just sitting there dying, looking at you. But but even at that, there's no reason that in the Premier League that we cannot build even even a sense. And hopefully, Kevin Fellwell's doing that now. I know I can be quite harsh. I'm I'm just an angry Evertonian, a very frustrated Evertonian. I just hate the fact that it feels like the the board and and the club structure doesn't hold the the standards that I've been, I wouldn't say raised um, because I, I, I followed ever, not my own doing, but ultimately that, that I've grown to love and expect, you know, you see all the old stories. Like I think it was um, Jack that runs the spaces shared a fantastic video and it was just uh, old guys in the pub in the forties or something that, that managed to be recorded talking about Everton and just talking about the standard and how they can be good. And it was just, it was a brilliant wee watch. So fair play there, but, but just, they even have an ounce of something. So I hope Farewell can actually bring something and be that one good thing. Because as I say, I've gone on hard on him. But then again, like the devil's advocate with myself, he, he did sanction McNeil and Neil, Neil Mopai. And I'm yet to see what they can really do. Honestly, you know, a lost cause against Manchester United and a goal against West Ham. That's, that's Mopai's highlight reel for me. And Dwight McNeil, um, the fantastic goal against uh, who was that against Ian? May I will be assist. Oh, um, anyone remember? Right, I'm at a loss anyway. It doesn't matter that goal. Oh, Palace, Palace, that's right. And uh, 
basically that and two goals in a friendly against uh, Dinamo Kiev's third team. So we need to see a hell of a lot more from those guys. Like Onana's growing, thank God there. But I, I will say the jury's out um, in regards to uh, Kevin Thelwell. But just the rest of it's just rotten. But well, so just... Andrew said before, like Andrew mentioned the leads before. It's like that you don't really see them scouting the players like Brighton and stuff do, but they've got that. They seem to have put in place like a relationship with the uh, with uh, RB Salzburg, and they're signing these really solid players for like 15, 20 million. And then these players, if they like, I think one of the lads was the the American lads, uh, the the attacking midfielder, just looks like yeah. he's going to be like a world or could be a world beating. It's yeah. It's one of the things as well that rings to where you're saying about the standards as well was there was something that um Big Nev tweeted and he said we, we've been tricked and kidded into thinking that seventh and eighth is a really good finish for us now. Yeah. And that at the ta- at the time it was a solid finish, you know. And that's why I was thinking you so you mentioned the Red Bull connection with Jesse Marsh because he was at Salzburg uh, or Leipzig, one of the two. Um but Elwell was part of the Red Bull camp as well. Uh, yeah, New in, York. Um, just, I was really hoping that that network would open itself to us more and we'd get players of that profile. Yeah. I and think I'm, it's I, gone more to, a, to what Graham doesn't want is the Wolves link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my thing with Elwell. And maybe we might see it this, this window when I pray we do. But that little, as I say, that little black book of the players that you always wish if you ever got to that club or that level where you could get these players. You know what I mean? Like Shane, you, you enjoy your FIFA and stuff, and I'm sure that you're sitting managing um, Will M two or something in Holland or something in a debut season, just thinking to yourself, "Oh, if only I could get that player and that player, I'll just I'll remember him. I'll write him down on my phone or something." You yeah. know, and then ultimately when you get the a club where you can actually do that, and I'm I'm not saying FIFA is a relevant thing, but it's just an analogy where you. Basically, as a director of football, you should have your realistic targets and the ones, imagine you could get this. Imagine that player had a year left in his contract. Imagine that player had a fallout and he might be available on loan. Things like that. Your black book, everyone should have one. You know what I mean? But um, ultimately, we're off on the tangent, but yeah. you know, and, uh, the S was talking about that he's built in a, an uncompetitive culture, and I think we've, we've all touched on that there, so we'll just move on there. But that is fantastic. You know, that, that, could, that could be a buzz a buzz line for any campaign you've built you've built an uncompetitive culture which which he has but you know even as well they were talking about West Ham's now valued at 800 million they have a stadium that they loan for 1 million or sorry they rent for 1 million a month off uh, London Borough Council and ultimately might be a shit stadium but you know what it, it attracts things and West Ham have prospered since they went into it so the stadium thing in their defence is right because um, we were debating that a wee bit earlier but even at that it's uh, but even at that, so Jim White comes on at the end, he cuts him off and just, while while Simon Jordan looks very happy to be discussing football finances and knows that uh, the, the Paul slash the ask is, is very competent in that matter, Jim White just decided to slide on there like uh, like Tom Cruise and uh, with his sunglasses and shirt on and remind him that he's, look, you're a football fan, so we'll go back to football. You know, just so condescending. He's an absolute prick. I don't care. I don't hope. Someone sends him this voice note. But, um, you know, he just used those bully boy journal- journalistic tactics. And I just thought it was really, really ignorant to, to guess because 
Mysterio had the money man on and he was just petting his ego and loving him, but he just, it was just, I thought it was atrocious, but um, it was just, it was just ignorant press and saying, so are you going to back the team? As Mysterio now, you know, it was sort of what he'd done at the start again, you're going to back the board and trying to, trying to make him out to be a bit of an idiot. So I just find that really, really hateful. And and I wouldn't listen to the fact that what the ask was trying to say, and well, you seen it or not, or you want to go back and listen to it ultimately, what I think he was trying to say was that we are trying to fight on two fronts, and that's and that's harder than just trying to get a board out there, or if you're just trying to back a team. You know, our our job as a fan base has has actually doubled from last season. Last season we were just trying to fight for a team and get them over the line. We are in the space of a month, and how exhausting was that for everybody? Now we've taken it on to fight for a team over six months or five months or whatever it is. And ultimately, another fight to get changed at the club for the better. So, you know, do you even think that we're not going to back the team? No. And do you even think that you that oh, there's no there's no world where you where you can back a team and you you, you can you can want the board out? No, that that that's that is achievable. Even it, the attempt and the desire to do it. And you better believe that as Everton fans, I think I speak for the majority of us when I say. You know, if you think that we're not capable of that, you're, you're speaking to the wrong fans. To be absolutely honest, no, no club would do what we've done. You know, we're a different breed, and we're proud of that. So, ultimately, we we can fight in both fronts, Shane. Can't we? We're more than capable to push and say, no, you know what? No, we'll back the team. But as soon as that whistle's done every week, there's that protest. The banners will be up. The fans will understand. If there's a banner saying "Missouri, get out," or one "Go to Abraham Jim," or you know, whatever, or just can right out, sack the board, whatever. It's not aimed at the players. You'll still have the player respect of banners there too, you know, so. Yeah, and it's, I think what, I think uh, what one of the things that bothered me the most as well with that interview was, um, the, 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 I think they were trying to allude to the fact that, like, you know, when they said that about, uh, like, the, the clubs off for sale and stuff, and they were trying to allude to the fact that, like, why would an owner want to buy you looking at the behaviour of the fans, basically saying, like, if the pro- if you're protesting yes. Mishiri for the money that he's put in, why would anybody want to come in and buy it? And it's just, like, the, it's just a ridiculous thing to, to ask. It's like... Like you were saying earlier, it's like there'll be owners there looking, thinking, look how bad they've done and look what they've done wrong. But look at the support that the fans are giving to the players on the pitch. Yeah, it's about stealing whatever narrative from it you want to. If you want to take a negative, there's plenty of negatives there. But if you, you can look at the passion and say, Jesus, imagine imagine you had that place there going and, and, and you done right by those fans. You know, so, and I know hero, hero stance is nothing against money, but fact that you'll never have to worry about bombs and seats at Goodison. You just won't. No, and and I mean that person who, who if they did come along and saved it all, I mean how how big and uplifted would that be? Do you know what I mean? And it's the the person that comes and there's plenty of million and billionaires who want who want to have that hero status. And like Andrew said, it might take someone from Saudi or someone of that ilk, but. I just, I just think the whole the whole interview, the way they went, like I said, they asked Elder's own, but the way that they were pushing an analysis sort of thing, and Simon Jordan, I, I think he, sometimes he can he can come across 
a bit of a divvy and sometimes he has really good points to, to say. Like you said, he used to be a, an owner or chairman himself, but um, like I say, he got cut off the end. Jim White's obviously got his mates that he has and he's got to keep in his pocket. So, But just to go back to what you said as well, is that there's never going to be a doubt that we're going to we're going to back the team on the pitch and, and they'll see that as well when we play Southampton. One thing that probably does worry me is that because of the, the stuff behind Lampard is that if we were to go 1-0 down again like United at the start, whether the mood would shift then. But I've got faith. Uh, and yeah, no, I think the common consensus is just keep back in the team. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the is everybody going to scream and sing, sack the board, sack the board. I think the I, I like I spoke to Zach in, in private too, like, and, I, and I'm not putting words in his mouth by any means, but you know, we sort of touched on it and, and it was just sort of like, no, everybody just wants to back the team. Everybody just wants to back the team. Look, if someone wants to start singing, sack the board, sack the board, that's their prerogative. But I think it's, it's mainly just try and save that for the crescendo at the end. Um, ultimately, if we capitulate like we did against Brighton, you can't make any promises. Now, I know that this podcast has gone on for ages, and we'll leave that there. Basically, John White's a, a plank, really. But um, we'll just push on. So we're playing on the 14th this Saturday. We're playing uh, Southampton at Goodison Park, in case you didn't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, at 3 o'clock, and there's all, all, all those good things going on with the Coast Wagon stuff. But, yeah, we welcome them. They're sitting with 12 points. And in the Premier League, we're seventy fifteen. They're twentieth, and uh, we're fifteenth. Um, can't talk about how, how big this game is, guys. Um, as well, Andrew, I'll just come to you. Like you know, Nathan Jones has won his last two games. One of which against City. Yeah, um, we're on a we're on a barn run at the moment. I think we haven't got a win in four or five. I think I think as it were on. Yeah, we haven't got a one. We've won one in five, um, and that's including Western Sydney Wonders in there. So we're on a streak since coming back. It's uh, it's not looking good. It's really not good looking good. But we're all a bit positive in this podcast. If you if you're deaf, um, Andrew, how do you think? What are your feelings? I don't know. Why don't we? Five at the back for fuck's sake, please. <laughs> um, get pressure, but keep it away from our box and that's that's the problem with their free kick takers that scares the shit out of me because we are always good for a cheap foul in a dumb place yeah um in regards to shane just just going the formation i think we all know the team we don't even need to say what team we would play um although we can if he's want to but is five at the back with gray hovering around calvert lewin do you think that's sustainable Really, and also we've just lost our most creative force in Alex Iwobi. Sadly, James Garner is in fact this would be the perfect time for him to come in and get a chance to see what he can do. Um, he, as a player, is excited about us signing, but sadly, we just haven't got to see it yet. But <sighs> would you would you stick with that formation? Don't get me wrong, I, I agree with Andrew. I would. I just want. I just wonder is it sustainable? It's bad that you have to play so bottom heavy just to try and survive. I think the um the the counter to that would be what I think a lot of people have said they'd like to see, and that's with McNeil and Gordon as the wing backs. I would champion that. Yeah, I have. Probably, and although, yeah. Um, gives I would have Coleman as the centre half. I would. Yeah. 
gives me a lengo to, to kick an off of the team that he needs, I'm going to say, rather than Yeah, Yeah, very, I agree. Starter. Um, and you know, well, imagine you found that that worked for McNeil. Well, well talk, talk about turning your your Everton career around because I don't know where it's going at the minute. But if he could utilize that and and maybe get some rollerblades on or something to try and maybe a faster, but it, well, I it, think it the, could work. The other thing to that would be if you play the five at the back and he goes to in midfield and then he plays the two wingers out of the wing backs. Yeah. The only yeah. thing there, you're not getting McNeil tracking back. Gray does a bit. Gordon does more than the other two, but yeah. <sighs> so I yeah. Do, I, to answer your question, I don't think it is sustainable because I think you're going to burn Gray out doing that, and yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna. Um, we've seen that we can't rely on Mopai. Um, I think the only way we're going to get anything out of him is by playing him in a two with Calvert Lewin. Um, Calvert-Lewin, we can't seem to get more than 60 minutes out of anyway. Um, no. So I think that's still why... rather 60 than none. Yeah, I think that's why this, this January is so important. So, and um, we've got Sims as well. I don't want to see Sims getting a run out, but I can't see it. Because by the looks of it, to me, it doesn't look like it was Lampard that wanted to bring him back. But mm. that's just... Yeah, it might have been a case of just we, we don't have the money that we told you we did. Um, you want someone from the championship, we have someone scoring. We'll just bring him back. Because yeah. um, Lampard spoke, he spoke well about him. He always does. Lampard always speaks well, you know, speaks well. And, you know, we're all very fond of him. We just don't think he's capable. But, um, uh, you know what, Lazarus? Let's just hope we get a win. I don't see any point deep diving on the Southampton anymore. Um, they've yeah. won two. They're, Two of the last two. That's just that's that's all we need. That's the Everton way, isn't it? Well, I um, think it's um, it's just like what Andrew said. Where the last one was the City result, yeah, and f- I, I haven't seen the game, but from what I've read up about it, they actually lost the game. And granted, it might have been like City's second or third string team, but the team they still brought Haaland on. De Bruyne was still on the pitch, Grealish and stuff like that. So yeah, boy, Mark was saying they actually played played fantastically. It's nearly as if the philosophy's clicking. And they, play, they played three at the back as well. Yeah. So, real quick, rumor that just hit Twitter. Oh, um, breaking news. Grain of salt, everyone. Uh, Baines might be asked to be to step up as caretaker if Frank gets sacked. You can't do that, Leighton Baines. All right, exactly. That's my thought. Like, we already fucked over Dunk. Like, let's yeah. not keep doing this. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh huh. And are the U18s like flying right now? Like, is this just please be nice to Leighton and by extension me, Farhad Mashiri? It's, it's, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, that's too, I don't react, react to that story breaking well. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how do you feel about that. Um, I don't think he's, I, I, I don't think he's, Capable. He stopped playing he eight seconds ago. He's not yeah. ready. Yeah, it's not, not the ready. answer, is it? No. And it's not fair um, on him. It's like you say, we've done it to Dunk. Um, Unsworth as well, although like, it was a good thing it happened to Unsworth because it was shit. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> Even though it might be after the game. <laughs> yeah, right? We'll see whether Mishiri holds his way to... Uh, 
to consistency after <laughs> after Southampton. Yeah, so tune in next week for next week's uh, letter from the board. <laughs> and as we welcome Leighton Baines. And we sacked, Lamp- yeah, we sacked Lampard because all you fans wanted us to. Uh, mm-hmm. So where's Leighton Baines because he's all love him. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't I want broken I, gray. I, I don't, you guys can't see him right now, but his face just kind of went. A, a pall was I cast over his face. <laughs> don't do that, dude. I fucking love Leighton Baines. I absolutely love him. If I caught him in bed with my wife, I'd, I'd go make him a cup of tea. You know That's what I mean? I'd talk him on. It's just, and play guitar with him after. I, I, <laughs> fuck me. All right, I'm, I'm just ending this pod. That's fucking shook me. There you are. Leighton Baines and after Lampard. Well, I suppose, look, if he gets it and he stays on, you know, it'll be great grounding for him in the championship next year. And then, obviously, he'll be all set for league one year after. So, anyway, um, massive, massive thank you to Zach for coming on the podcast. Um, Really appreciate him. And, obviously, there's all that good info there. So, hopefully, goes to help people and getting getting to be there and and make themselves heard and and making their presence felt. Um, I can't wait to see, see the... The, the job that all the fans do this weekend, which they are, I'll just, uh, no one from the board's going to apologize for it, so I'll just do it on their behalf, you know, I'll apologetically, that you have to do on the board's behalf. Um, absolutely disgusting. Um, get get the fuck out of our club, please. Um, so, Shane, Andrew, thank you very much. Zach, thank you ever so much. And uh, all the best, and we'll see you soon. I'm waiting to watch Leighton Baines videos. My head's going to fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard, actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And it basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The performance package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes, and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear, t- and ear Trimmer. And the Weed Whacker is also waterproof and also has Manscaped Skin Safe technology as well, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box, Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. 
with this exclusive offer for you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped that's it for this episode thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast if you like what you've heard then please share it with your blue friends and family and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street don't forget to rate subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify it really does help us you can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast and if you've anything else you'd like to discuss you can reach us via email at the EAW Podcast at gmail.com